Hola, David. <laughs> si, senor. Muchos gracias. <laughs> I think I just thanked you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we're doing we're doing intros in Spanish now. No. Espanol. Yo, so Chris and I have lived together for five years now, mm-hmm. which means we've had our DVD collections together for like five years now, and we decided to to clear out our like living area a little bit and clean it up. And one of the things we did was we bought some plastic bins for our DVD cases and we ordered some uh, some books to alphabetically do our DVDs. Do you know how many duplicate DVDs we had without even realizing we had duplicates? I would say probably 30% of your collection. Yeah, I'd be about right. We have 250 movies. And I think it was close to 45 of them, maybe 50 were duplicates. And the crazy part about it, too, is like I have the American Pie like box set. So like one, two wedding and then like a documentary afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then she also has some American Pies. But you know how like some of them used to say like standard or widescreen on the top? Yeah, yeah. It's like we have all these like random rare versions of these movies that you can't find anymore. I found three copies of Spider-Man 3. That's, that's too, rare, too many. That's a rare copy of that's like a rare movie. No, but like, you know how some of them you could like only find in full screen format. Other ones you could find in widescreen format. I guess. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff. But that I will say before we start our intro, I don't know if you remember this from one of our adventures. But the copy of Grandma's Boy that I bought at the dollar store, I found for the second time. And I was so delighted and excited to watch that movie. It's a great movie. Do you know what else I'm excited for? This episode of the Seat on Screen podcast. Great movie indeed. Welcome to this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast where I forgot that we weren't recording a Meeples episode just there. Brain fart to the max. <laughs> no, Meeples comes out next Tuesday. Yeah, we uh, we have some programming changes for you guys for the month of September. David and I are both taking vacations and we've decided that we're only going to do two shows in September, I think, right? Is it two or three based on the amount of weeks? Well... Uh, well, this is this is September. Yeah, this is September third. So 3rd. yeah, we just do two shows. Yeah, we'll be doing a show on the third and a show for y'all on the seventeenth, and then we'll see you guys in October. So it's gonna it's gonna be a nice chill month for us. David and I both need some time off. Uh, we're both staying in Canada, but going to different places. Uh, David will be adventuring out west to in the great wi- great wilderness that is Alberta. Um, are you going to go near Lake? Mor- is it Moraine? Lake, uh, Moraine? Lake Louise? No. Well, you could do that one that's too, but that's Banff. Banff. Um, there, one of my friends, uh, unspoiled T dot for you listeners who have played with us or, um, know of him. He and his girlfriend were just in Alberta. He got a, ta- a chess piece done for his tattoo and they drove up to this lake at like 4.30 in the morning to watch the sunrise. And I saw the video. It is surreal. 
Maybe I'll just search that video up because I do not want to get up at 4.30 just to watch the sunrise. I, I don't know. You might you might really enjoy it. I, on the other hand, <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? So we're sitting there and uh, we, we have this tradition where like we send each other TikToks throughout the day and then at night we watch them together and laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm flipping through TikTok just before um, I, she's ready for bed and stuff. And I, I I'm like, wow. That is a huge donut. So I watched this video. There's this apple fritter that is literally the size of like a sheet of paper. Like this guy's holding it up to him and it's like bigger than his face. And it's $3. I was like, where do you get this apple fritter? Turns out it's a bakery in Montreal. This started a conversation about Montreal. And now we're likely, depending on how things are, we're probably going to go to Montreal for a week or just to get apple fritters. Well, that's part of it. Uh, Chris would like to say that it's for the culture. I'm saying it's for the apple fritters. I feel like it's more so for the apple fritters. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm willing to drive six hours for a $3 donut. That makes a ton of sense. But yeah, we are, we're contemplating. This bakery is right near uh, Ubisoft Montreal. And although they're not doing tours, I kind of want to go check it out and do a bunch of other stuff. And like, I've been to Montreal twice already once with a bunch of friends to go to the rainbow six finals and Mm -hmm. once in high school so this would be kind of unique and different because a um it won't be with a bunch of guys and b it'll be like like we want to stay downtown near all the like showy stuff so we'll we'll just kind of see how it goes but david and i are going adventuring in our beautiful nation yeah i'm gonna get some sweet deals in that sweet, sweet province where the discount everywhere is 8%. <laughs> and I'm going to get some sweet, sweet deals on alcohol where you don't pay a deposit and you just buy all your stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm staying with my brother. We're staying with my brother and sister-in-law uh, out there. And he was asking me, you know, like, what do I like to drink and stuff like that? I'm like, I like to drink alcohol, but... um I am definitely not just letting you go to the liquor store to buy stuff because Alberta, you can go pretty much anywhere. It's not privatized like in Ontario. So they like, you know, convenience stores can sell booze. Grocery stores can sell booze. There's a real Canadian liquor store there. It's owned by Loblaws. Booze is cheaper there because nothing's refrigerated. So really? like a few, they, don't, uh, they don't keep anything in coolers. No, like it, well, like at the real Canadian liquor store. I guess like they might have a small refrigerated section, but like for majority of the stuff, it just isn't. It's not like the beer store right here, where if you're walking around, everything's cold, right? Because it's like a giant freeze or a fridge. No, like they're, uh, which, like I understand, you know, on the the weekends and stuff like that, the days when you're, oh, I'm gonna go pick up some beers and start drinking right away, right? which doesn't normally happen. Normally, normally by the time you get them home, they're like lukewarm anyways here. But yeah, things are cheaper there. Yeah, I'm going to check out some board game stores. I guess uh, we're going to hit up Calgary one day. I guess there's uh, some donut place or some ice cream place that uh, the significant other wants to go to. In Calgary? Yeah, in Calgary. So we're going to go for like the... uh, we're going to go for a day. We're going to make a day of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Make sure you take a picture at the Saddle Dome. 
All right, so which donut place is it? I'm going to speed round it because these are the 10 <laughs> best donut places in Calgary. Is it Jelly Modern Donuts, I have, Hoopla honestly... <laughs> Donuts, Baked Donuts, The Dapper Donut, the Bebop Donut. You have to go there. Holy cow, Gelato and Donuts. Dude, there's I, 10 places. I, How the hell are you supposed to pick? I don't know. She, I let her pick. That's, that's her um, her jurisdiction. Ah. I don't make the decisions. She's I just a, I just drive to junkie? where we're going. I just drive to where we're going. No, she, you know, she'll want to check out like some coffee place there as well. That's like committing to a six-hour drive across province. And I'm like, I can only DJ for so long before it's like Taylor Swift the whole time. Really? That's why you got to just make a Spotify playlist and get both people to like make a, a shared one, and then just have everyone put stuff in there. Well, we we have been doing this thing lately where we'll listen to like random playlists, and if there's songs that we want to hear, like on like the wedding playlist, we'll add it to that playlist. So mm. we're we're building like a a playlist that we can submit to a DJ type of thing. Can you put Crazy Frog on there? No, but I will tell you a funny wedding story. So I was at a wedding, uh, nine ten years ago, and they really were trying to control the music and. The DJ was like, oh, I don't have this song. So we handed my phone over. Um, the The family wasn't overly impressed, but it was, what does the fox say? Oh, nice. Hijacked. <clears throat> it was my uh, my Picasso moment. <laughs> <clears throat> so what are we doing today? We have uh, a lot and a little to talk about. I want to take us down the, uh, the nostalgia memory lane after uh, some interesting news came out this week that's right rumors yeah rumors i'm air quoting pretty hard oh did you also see the trailer for marvel's midnight suns no what the hell is this okay you also have to realize that uh i work all day and i don't have my i don't have my phone on me all day yeah that's because you can't hide (laughs) your super massive tablet phone actually it's so funny so today i had it out and uh, one of the surgeons saw it. He's like, oh, man, what is that? That's really cool. I'm like, this is a new phone. And he's like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like a tablet and a phone. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You jealous? Are you bored of it yet? No, man. It's actually, this this phone's phenomenal. So, folks, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, I ordered the Galaxy Z Fold 3. And th- it's actually really nice. Um, the outside screen, it is a little thinner than what we're used to. It's more in the shape of like a Twix bar. <laughs> you know, like the Twix candy bars that you can get. Yes. I, I'm like, intimately familiar with both Twix <laughs> and the device, but go on. I'm well, I'm, I'm describing it for our listeners here as well. The screen is, is thinner for sure. And at first it took a little while getting used to, but I'm pretty good at typing on this thing now, like with thumb typing. Um, the only thing is like, because like if I'm browsing Reddit, I do prefer to use the inside screen for that just for uh larger readability, easier readability, but for like for quick, you know, toilet browsing and stuff like that, <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually pretty good. It's a little heavier for sure. Cause it's like the, it's like almost the equivalent of two phones, but no, I really, I really do enjoy it. Although I did order a case. This is the worst. I've been going naked on this phone for the last week. It's yeah. ter- it's terrifying. Honestly, 
I have it in my pocket and I'm afraid it's going to like fall out when I'm like getting in and out of the car. It's horrible. But uh, I ordered a case and Samsung, it's been preparing for dispatch for the last like three days. And I was really hoping to get it on our doorstep before we have to leave for vacation. But it's not looking it's not looking like that's going to happen. So that sounds about right. I might have to be uh, barebacking it. <laughs> on the way to all the way to Alberta. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, without a case on the back of my phone. It's a it's a it's a cool phone. <laughs> I I personally don't like it in folded mode. I just think the screen looks weird. Like it compresses far more than it should. I don't know. It just to me it looks off, but that's neither here nor there cuz the phone's not for me. No, uh, I'm me. stuck in the Apple ecosystem. You are. That's uh, unfortunate. It's a it's a it's a family thing. That's all right. Apple in a few years will release a folding phone, and they'll be like this great brand new technology that we've invented ourselves and perfected, built with Samsung screens. Yeah. Um, the thing about Apple, I will say though, is I always thought they were going to make a flip phone be- to copy the BlackBerry Pearl. Hmm. And then they just never did it. So I don't know. But let's talk about rumors. Okay. We need a jingle for rumors. I think we should just get like a a fire cut of rumor has it by Adele, but just add some other stuff to it. Be like rumor has it. And then an explosion (laughs) filled with hot takes. We'll record something fun. Yeah. So. The rumor out there is Nintendo will expand its Switch online services with Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles. First of all, Nintendo, this is not what we asked for. But we'll take it. Yeah, it's better than the uh, one NES and one SNES game every like f- three months now. Have you tried to play any of the, S- the, like, the Super NES games on your TV well, from yeah. your Switch? It's awful. Well, I tried to play Donkey Kong and thought I was going to throw up. I can play it in handheld mode. My TV's too large for it. Yeah, because you're you're scaling something that was designed for uh, like a four by three t- image size to I know. what fifty five inches. What they but they should make it four by three native and just deal with it. Well, it is, but it's still scaling. That's the thing. Is so yeah. a lot of these games you have to remember the technology at the time. Right, was all CRT, cathode ray tube monitors and TVs. So you didn't have like the hard edges of pixel art. And nowadays, when you buy a game that is pixel art, right? Like Stardew Valley, for example, that game is designed though to be displayed in 1080p. So the artwork is designed like that. Whereas you take uh, one of these, like you take Donkey Kong. That was a game that was designed for small square TVs and the technology at the time, it kind of blended the edges of all the pixels. So everything looked kind of, I don't know, not smoother isn't the correct word, but you know what I mean though, right? Like everything looked softer. The non-technical term would have been scrolly. Scrolly. (laughs) Scrolly. Well, you know how everything looks softer though. On the edges of like a CRT TV, it would kind of like warp or bend. So as you moved, uh, it would like kind of like flow yeah. into the screen. 
but I mean, like the actual characters and pixels and stuff like that was softer. Whereas if you're displaying it on an LCD, you, you're displaying it as is with no blending and nothing. So the thing is, unfortunately, Nintendo doesn't have a lot of features that other people have added into their emulators where they add filters that make it look you can make it look like an old i think nintendo has a crt like a scanline thing so it kind of adds like these weird scanline type looks on there to give it a pseudo crt look but yeah it just doesn't look as good on on a 55 inch 4k tv have you um have you tried a game boy emulator on your your z flip uh no not yet i actually i actually have um i installed retroarch the other day but um, the one thing that Samsung has decided that they no longer want to do is add SD card slots on their flagship devices. So I just have to go about actually connecting my phone directly to the computer and makes it less hackable. stuff over. It's actually not really. Well, you can't install your own firmware off an SD card. So that's kind of a thing. Oh yeah, you'd have to. You you can still do that stuff through directly connected to your computer. It just is, yeah, a few more extra steps. But so I do have RetroArch on my my Z Fold. I haven't set it up yet though. But that's good. Apparently, it's a a a perfect old school emulator because it's that four by three aspect ratio in tablet mode. So when you look at this Game Boy situation and the rumor how are you going to make that look how are you going to make this like my complaint about the super nes which was played on a four by three like are you going to blow these games up to the point they look terrible can you like i understand the super nes and the nes are better used handheld hell i've gone on vacation i've like played through metroid and stuff on the virtual console because you can, you're, you're able to save your game and just kind of play and progress. Mm -hmm. But how bad are some of these games going to look like you're looking at like, let's say Tetris, you're going from a two by two screen to a fucking 50 inch TV. (laughs) Like look at those blocks. um, Game boy pixel count. The thing is, it's like so like they'll they if they're smart, they'll add so the Game Boy resolution uh was 160 by 144 pixels. So if you Yeah, like <laughs> you're taking those pixels and displaying it on a 4K TV you're you're increasing that by four thousand percent roughly which yeah it's gonna it's gonna look horrible um but if nintendo's smart they would actually not scale it completely full screen if it's played in um on tv they would have some sort of did you ever have a, a super game boy no, but if you're talking about like the weird border, the Wii did that with GameCube games. Uh, did it? Or was it the Wii U with Wii games and GameCube games? I don't think so. I do. I don't recall that. I don't know. Yeah, like it had like colorful borders and stuff. 
Oh, maybe. But I like I know. So the Super Game Boy was uh, for the Super Nintendo, and you could play Game Boy games on your TV. And they had either generic borders, so the the Game Boy screen itself was blown up but not to the point where it was unplayable because it was too big so hopefully nintendo will kind of follow that where even if they blow it up to the size of a i don't know 27 inch tv or hell even like a like a 20 inch tv on your 55 inch tv it's going to still look fairly big and look pretty nice so i don't know but we're going to talk about some of our uh, fondest Game Boy memories, I think. Oh, absolutely. What What's the first game? Okay. What is the second game, aside from Pokemon, that you remember just playing the absolute shit out of? You know what game I didn't, I didn't play a lot of? It was Pokemon. Really? I'm just joking. Um, I had a few games. I... Hold on, let me get you. You chat for one second. <laughs> I'm gonna get my Game Boy. You're gonna get oh your your ROM'd Game Boy. This is no fair. This is like cheating on a test. Uh, the Game Boy in itself is something that I think our generation can really take to heart and then solace knowing that this got us through some of the hardest times. This was the hardest thing to lose when you were grounded wasn't TV or your friends. It was your small little Game Boy that you could play whatever. Hell, even Space Jam made reference to it when it came to um, the the use of the Game Boy. Yeah, it was also super difficult to play <laughs> if you didn't have perfect lighting. I yeah, my parents pl- got me like a little light. Yeah, I would sit at our at my desk in my room and we had like uh, you know those we had a single fluorescent light that was attached to the the shelf up above and I click that on and I would literally just sit at my desk playing Pokemon. I remember that. Um I had a few games. I had this one game called Mystic Quest. You might remember that one. Mystic Quest. Kind of, yeah. It was a uh kind of like an uh, it was by square square at the time and it was later on turned into like final fantasy mystic quest but it was one of their earlier kind of rpg games um i played this one game called power quest though and i remember i picked it up from walmart it was a game boy color game but it was one of those it was like a uh, backwards compatible game with the game boy so it uh it was a fighting game where the story was that these kids would have these like mini robots and the robots would fight. And it was so unbelievably difficult because I could beat like the first fight. And then I remember getting to this part, like fairly early on in the game where you go to this park and you have to fight this kid and I could not beat it. It was just, I could not, I've never been good at fighting games. Um, but I just couldn't remember like the combos and shit like that. So, but I play this game so much. It was, uh, one of my all time favorite games. And I think a big part of that is because that was like one of the first games that I bought with my own money. 
right? Like uh, I'd true. saved up, I'd saved up for it because it looks so cool, right? Like guys, I remember I go to Walmart like all the time and I just like look at all the games, but like this one game just looks so cool. And I eventually like saved up and I I bought it. That's when and, um going to Walmart or Zellers, you'd yes. like want to go look at the box art. It was yeah. the coolest shit. Yeah. Um and Wario Land was another big one that I played. Oh, I was gonna say Wario Blast was one I played a ton, which was the Bomberman game, but it was mm-hmm. it was Bomberman, but it was Wario Blast featuring Bomberman. And you it was like the tides were turned, so you'd attack Bomberman. Mm-hmm. That game was amazing. Yeah, there's like a, a ton of uh I don't know, I remember borrowing a lot of games. Like obviously Super Mario Bros. Um what was it? Two? Uh, the one where you were caught in the dream. Yeah. The the Mario game that they try and erase from canon, but can't. (laughs) Well, that one has uh, Daisy in it. That's the Super Mario Bros. with Daisy. Isn't that the birth of Birdo, too? I think Birdo's in that one. Yeah. Um, And I also had, like, I think a lot of people had at least one Zelda game for Game Boy. Whether it was Game Boy, Game Boy Color, but I had Link's Awakening. I had... Link's Awakening, and I had Arcarina of, or no, uh, what was it? Oracle of Ages or Seasons. Both of them, yeah. Yeah. And I remember buying Seasons, and I have the Game Boy cartridge somewhere. It's like $12 because somebody ripped off the label like a jackass. And I, I thought those were the coolest games, and I had the guide... And I'd like play through that game. I love those games. They you were know what? Great. I'm surprised that Nintendo hasn't re- released Oracle of Ages and Seasons for the Nintendo Switch in like uh, a dual pack. Yeah. Do you know why? Because they could. Why, why a dual pack? You could sell it for $59.99 individually. <laughs> it says <laughs> Zelda on it, true. right? This is true. I think one of the greatest things about the Game Boy, though, and that era of video games is that. It was still so fairly well, like video games are still fairly new at the time, right? So if you wanted to play something on your TV, you could. You had your Nintendo, you had your NES. But then if you wanted something on the go, we had the Game Boy. And sure, the graphics weren't nearly as good as what the NES could play. Like it was a, what is it, a two bit. It had four shades of gray on a uh, like a light to, to dark olive green screen, right? Um, and that the Game Boy lasted for years. I think it like was finally discontinued eight. Yeah, it was. So it released in 1989 and it was discontinued in 2003. Like the game, I'm going to assume that the, that's like the Game Boy lineup. Yeah, like the console lineup, but still, that's that's a significant amount of time, like 2003, because right after that was when the uh, the DS came out. Right. So I think a big part of having this Game Boy for a lot of us, like for our childhood, is that we had when you're playing that you're just it's you in the handheld system. It's just you in the game. And that screen was so big because you were just so immersed. Yeah. And. When we're, when you're playing your Game Boy, and I think most parents can attest to this, your kid is just dead to the world, right? Like you, the world could be falling apart around them, 
but no, they are trying to catch that last Pokemon to complete their Pokedex, or you- they are fighting Mother Brain in Metroid Two, right? Like, yeah. Do you remember my the, so my townhouse that we had in college? We had our bathroom upstairs, and then we had our guest bathroom downstairs for like if people were visiting or whatever, or we were having a party. We had a second bathroom. Yeah. We had we left my Game Boy Advance in there for an entire year. And if anybody was in there taking a number deuce, um, we encouraged people to help play through Pokemon Green or Leaf Green. And by the end of the, the school year, we had a complete game because people would continually play through Pokemon Green. Do you remember that? Yeah, people just go over to your house of shit. Well, well, we had people hey, over all the time. Hey, man, I know the best bathroom. Why? What's so good about it? It's, it's got Pokemon Green. No, my um, that house was kind of unique too. So it was, it was, it was good. Like mm-hmm. I didn't take a bedroom. I converted a living room into a bedroom and definitely got the winning end of a five hundred dollar rental. Oh, Oh, one hundred thousand percent. Yeah. Um. So I've got a list here of some of the top selling Game Boy games. These are just Game Boy and Game Boy Color. I'm very surprised to see that in all these rumors, they're not including Game Boy Advance titles. Well, I think as popular as the Game Boy Advance was, I think I knew more people with a Game Boy Color. Game Boy Advance just gave you all that little bit of a bigger screen. It was backlit. Well, Game Boy Advance. Well, not all of them. The first Game Boy Advance. I think mine's backlit. No, if they so they had the Game Boy Advance SP which was the first uh, clamshell style, right? Well, that's like the successor to the, the DS. And that one was backlit. That was game changing, but the original Game Boy Advance did not have a, have a backlight on there. Had the same screen or yeah, same screen technology as uh, the Game Boy Color. But the one advantage of the Game Boy Advance was that it is uh, essentially like a Super Nintendo in your pocket, which was pretty amazing. Uh, you are right. My Game Boy Advance is not backlit. Oh, you found it? I could put a backlight in there for you. Yeah, I have one game for it. I don't know where all my other games are, but it's Fired Up gr- or Leaf Green. It's uh, It was the Silver Edition, too. I wanted it so bad. My God, what a cool system. Um, what I was going to say though, is before I get into this list of some of these games, do you, did you have any like really obscure games that just made no sense, but you loved it anyway, or like a game that like had a peripheral? Um, no. So I remember uh, seeing them like there was a, the Game Boy uh, camera. There's yeah, there was a Game Boy camera. Um, you could also get like the rumble pack for Pokemon stadium, but that was more of an adapter for the 64. Well, there was, um, like I'd, some games had a rumble in it. Yeah. I Is had, that what you're talking about? Like those kinds of things, like games yeah, like that. Yeah. Cause there was a Wario. I think there was a Wario where tilt or was that for uh yeah, that was her game boy advance. Never mind. I had perfect dark. Which had the oh, rumble. Yeah, pack. that's right. Man, the Perfect Dark games were so good, but nobody loved them. <laughs> like, I remember getting Perfect Dark. Um, I borrowed it off a friend because we'd always like trade 64 games. 
And I was like, this game's so cool. And then I got Perfect Dark. Um, what what would you call? I what was the Game Boy version called? Perfect Dark Game Boy Color was called. My internet is working as slow as molasses. It was also just called Perfect Dark. And I remember there was like they kept her grunting in the game. So she'd be like running and she'd get shot. And you'd be like, ah, and this game was released in 2000. And then there was perfect dark zero, right? That was the one that came out for Xbox. Uh, yes, it was. And now there's no more perfect dark in sight. Uh, well, no, there's rumors that there's another one coming out. They were good games. They were like, well, except for perfect dark zero. It's just, it was to be compared to Goldeneye was very tough and rare. Couldn't, make a second game identical, you know? Well, because they were bought by uh, Microsoft. So <laughs> I think with, with Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark was just a progression from what GoldenEye achieved. Yes, but it was also like choppy. Perfect Dark Zero yeah. was just, it was so broken. All right, so I'm going to list off some games. I'm going to see if you've played them at home. Keep score. I'm going to say David's going to go... 50-50 maybe? Played or beat? I'm just going to say played because the odds of you beating games are Actually, so minimal. You know what? I've probably beaten more Game Boy games than I have like Game Boy and Super Nintendo games than I have or GameCube actually. Did you ever beat Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle? I've never played that. Actually what was that for? Super Nintendo? Uh, Game Boy. Just straight up Game Boy. Oh no, I've never played that one. We can do a Super Nintendo episode after or at another time. So let's start off with some basics. Obviously, the Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle. I played the first one. I never played the second one, but I rather enjoyed that game. Star Wars. I don't recall playing a Star Wars game. Oh, on it's my game board. so bad. But it's so bad, but I played it. I had it. How about DuckTales? DuckTales played it. All right, here's a layup. How many of the Mega Men did you play? Uh, I played Mega Man 1 and 2. That's that's a good start. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. I know I had played some of the earlier ones. I had Mega Man ZX or something like that as well. For Oh, that was for, for DS. Never mind. All right. <laughs> well, what about Donkey Kong Land 3? Not to be confused with actual Donkey Kong. Which was a completely different game. Donkey Kong Land 3. That one, uh, I believe you have. They're all ports, right? So that one's Dixie and the little baby mm-hmm. guy. I forget what his name was. Dixie and uh, Kitty Kong. Kitty Kong. Yes, I played that one. Yep. I played a lot of these, actually. These are Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color. Yes, that game was so good because it had a story mode. You were like this kid. And you wanted to just learn to play tennis. It was so good. Uh, one of my personal favorites here. Man, the 2000s were lit for Game Boy Color games. Oh, absolutely. Um, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. Um, no, actually, I never played that one. I'd seen it. I saw it a lot in um, like the demo store, like the demo places at Walmart and Zellers and whatnot. But I never actually played that one. This might be one of the titles. If we were to pick like 10 titles... This one could use the Switch's gyroscope or gyroscope. It could be interesting in handheld oh, mode. Yeah. 
they would have to, so in order to do that they would have to have their game boy emulator access the switch like the api access the switch hardware i think it's doable Oh, it's probably totally is doable, but it just depends on if Nintendo wants to do that. I don't see why they wouldn't. I don't see why they would either. Uh, Everybody's (laughs) played at least Tetris or Tetris 2 on their Game Boys. If they didn't, they're a liar. Yeah. DuckTales was another really big one. Um, I don't think I played that one, actually. Um, it was a side-scrolling adventure, like 90% of the games that came out. Okay, here's another layup for you. Yoshi's Cookie. Oh, yeah, that was one of my, uh, that was one of my hardcore Game Boy games. I would play that all the time. It's, um, it's up, like, I really wish I spent more time playing, like, Yoshi's Woolly World, because it had the same kind of vibe, but obviously in 3D. Um. Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Um, I actually played the Scottish version of that one. <laughs> the uh, Return of Seamus? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, we're so close. We finish each other's punchlines. <laughs> um, here's actually one that I remember fondly because it was my dad's because he'd play my Game Boy when I was asleep. Golf. Just golf. You'd have Mario's head. Yeah, I had that on NES, but not um, Game Boy. Yeah, I think it was like later iterated again to Mario Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, the Game Boy Color port of the Super Nintendo Classic Donkey Kong Country. Yes, I played that one. I, it was the other one that I didn't play, but I played the Donkey Kong Country one. What about Kirby's Pinball Land? I have played that one as well. Oh, look at you. You've played a lot of games. Um, I told a, you I played a lot on the Game Boy. That was my that was my thing. I wish I kept my Game Boy games. I'm such a dick to myself. Yeah. Um. How about the Legend? Or well, we know we've played Link's Awakening. That wasn't what I was going to read. One of the most underrated Game Boy games I think ever is Pokemon the Trading Card Game. I had borrowed that from my friends. Uh, from one of my friends, I remember because. It was uh, a very unique take on Pokemon because we we had all been playing the Pokemon trading card game in person, right, at school. And then one of them got the the, the actual game and he let me borrow it. Um, Which is how you learned how to... Uh, actually play the Pokemon yeah. card game, yeah. Uh, funny thing. I have uh, my because a lot of these games are very difficult to find. I have my flashcard for my Game Boy, and that was one of the first games that I <laughs> loaded up and started playing. You're like competing against like Team Rocket, which is so funny. Yeah, it's it's it has to be one of my favorite games because it taught me how to play the trading card game. Nothing was ever close, and it just was regular Pokemon. It used the same battle mechanic, but it was in well, card no, form. It uses it uses the the Pokemon card, like the Pokemon trading card game, like form. the hit points. But yeah, yeah, but you still had to use. Um, you had to play, um, like element, like energy cards, to be able to do stuff. Yeah, 
No, 100 but like it looked like the original battle oh, system. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was designed very much like that. Um what was next on my list? Uh Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Wow. Every game that I've talked about so far has sold less than 5 million copies. We're in the 5 millions now. Kirby's Dreamland, Pokemon Pinball. I think Nintendo was really into this whole pinball thing. Well, pinball games were like really easy to make though, right? Yeah. Um Dr. Mario 1990 oh, yes. classic. Dr. Mario. That one and Yoshi's Cookie was uh two of my my that one okay Dr. Mario Yoshi's Cookie and Tetris were the three main puzzle games that I had on my my Game Boy interesting um rounding out the top 10 is all Pokemon games the lowest one was at just 6.3 million which was Pokemon Crystal um Pokemon Yellow sold 15 million copies Super Mario Land 18 million copies uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver, 23 million. Red, Green, and Blue, 31 million. And the number one selling game of all time on Game Boy was? Uh, Pokemon Orange. Tetris. Tetris, that's what I said. June 14th, 1989, <laughs> that game's released. Tetris is a phenomenon that swept the the world and it's still good but like oh it's so good if you here's the problem and I, i'm just gonna say this out out loud now you're gonna get these games to come over it's not like you're gonna sell um a classic version of the game boy with 20 games that's just absolutely po- uh, pointless and stupid because everybody's gonna want pokemon I think what they're going to do is they're going to go with the, the the easiest one that they've rebuilt twice, and they're just going to give you Pokemon Yellow, if anything, because they've already redone Pokemon Yellow and Let's Go. They the already have is, it. All I built. don't want Pokemon Yellow. No, I want fucking like gold or silver. Enough of this bullshit. I would rather have Crystal than gold or silver because Crystal is the same game as gold and silver, but, but with a lot of updates and fixes. Yes, but gold and silver have Lugia and Oh. Can you can get them in Crystal as well? Yeah, but isn't Crystal the one where you have to chase all the dogs around? I don't know. They're like the um, the legendary birds. Uh, is there any game that you'd absolutely want to have on that virtual console day one? Um, honestly, I would probably say, uh. Links or um, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Yes, I agree. Because if you were going to say Link's Awakening, I would have been like, just go play the new version of it. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I think I think those two games really, sh- really showcased what Nintendo was capable of in creating a compelling story. But also it was unique in the sense that you could play both games and the stories were slightly different, but if you connected them together, it created this one massive story. It was, I think it's up there with one of the greatest Zelda games of all time. And that's saying something because like, I think the pet, like the pedestal is like Ocarina of time. 
and then there's nothing below it in tier B. And then tier C is where you have like everybody arguing. Mm-hmm. Some people like Majora's Mask, even though they don't like playing with the timeline. Other people really enjoy Breath of the Wild. Some people are like uh, Link to the Past is the best game. Uh, what the hell was that one that was like Toon Link? Uh, um, Skyward Sword. No, 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 not Skyward Sword. No, what the hell was it? Big Water. You got this. Wind Waker. Wind Waker, that's right. Yeah, I did it. Give me another one. Uh, <laughs> there's so, there's just so many, but like they're all in these different tiers, but nothing. Like the only thing they could really do is remake Ocarina of Time. And still to this day, people talk about Ocarina of Time like it's one of the greatest games of all time. Well, it 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 was. It was groundbreaking for no. Nintendo. Super Mario 64 was groundbreaking for Nintendo. Well, the Legend of Zelda, our grade of time was a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, they they took what they learned from the 3D camera of um, Mario, Super Mario 64, and implemented that into Ocarina of Time. But then the storytelling and the world and the battle system, like everything was just, yeah, it was it was a masterpiece. Um. And yeah, I'm surpri- I'm honestly surprised that Nintendo hasn't recreated that. Yeah, they could easily make $25 on it. Oh, they <laughs> That's a $79.99 game. I hate Nintendo so much for that and that um if you were to do, you remember how Mario had its 35 year anniversary for um Mario and they did Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy? Mhm. You were to put yes. three three Zelda games on a disc, sorry, and a little SD cartridge, and package it for the Switch. Which three games would it be? It would be, uh, and it was over three generations, right? So, Ocarina of Time. Yep. Wind Waker. I I think that would look really great on the Switch, and and um, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. I never played that one. It was it it was very good. It was actually it was really the Nintendo took Zelda into a really kind of dark story and dark world. It was a very um depressing isn't the right word, but it was very gloomy, I think. Um yeah, and it it was good, but uh, and I know some people are probably screaming right now saying that uh, Twilight Princess came out on GameCube, but it was a cross-generational um, game, much like Breath of the Wild came out on the Switch and the Wii U. Well, it was actually, if it was designed foremost for the GameCube, Twilight Princess was, and uh, Breath of the Wild was originally being designed for the wii u but then during the production of it they had announced and released the successor in console world and so then they switched to that so then those games were then designed to primarily take advantage of the hardware and features of the newer system whereas it was just released for the older system as a uh don't kill us people (laughs) as in a public apology 
right? Like, how, imagine how pissed off people would be if Nintendo announced a game for the Nintendo Switch, and then it actually comes out for the Nintendo Switch Two. Oh, it'd be so funny, right? People would be so pissed. So that's what Nintendo did. But uh, yeah, I would say those three games: uh, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess. You know what Nintendo would do though. They would do something just show so so shitty. They would be like, okay, so you guys want a, a three pack Legend of Zelda games? All right, so we're we're gonna go with Link to the Past because we think it's funny, and they've already done the Arcane of Time 3D for the 3DS, so we know that exists too. Twilight Princess might make it, you know, they they might do something like that, but I think they would pick Majora's Mask over Arcane of Time just to piss people off. They don't yeah, probably they don't need to bust out that IP. They have no need to do it whatsoever. So. That's it for Game Boy games and Game Boy games are near and dear to all of our hearts. But I want to before we uh, go away for a week, I want to talk about what's coming out in September, because there's some games that I'm genuinely excited for. Some games we know we get all the time. So we'll see. But I want to go over a few. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Remember, in this game, Game Pass does not exist. But whatever. So first up, Bravely Default 2 is coming out for Windows. Okay. Well, the game's been out for a while, so. WRC <laughs> 10. What the hell is that? That is World Rally Championships 10. I didn't know there was a 9 through 7. Apparently. Uh, big, big title dropping on the PS5. We've already had it on Xbox for a while, but the medium. Yeah, uh, PS5 owners, do yourself a favor and just skip this one. It'll be a PlayStation Plus game in no time. Yeah, it was a big title, but it was terrible. There's super big hype behind it, but the storytelling and the controls, like tank controls in a 2021 game, come on. Yeah, what about Chernobylite? This one looks interesting. I'm actually pretty excited for this one. This one's coming out for the uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox. I'm going to... Su- really? Not Yeah, PlayStation 5 as well and the Xbox series. Uh, it is... What game? So it's po- developed by the Farm 51. What did they make? Anything noticeable? I think well, they make mobile games. Yeah. Weird. Uh, they did Painkiller. Hail and Damnation back in 2012 for uh, PS3, Windows 360, and Deadfall Adventures. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of those like shitty games. Um, actually, no mobile stuff, just some crappy uh, Windows games. Windows games. <laughs> but Chernobylite looks does look interesting. Um, it is a science fiction survival game. That takes place in Pripyat or Chernobyl exclusion zone 30 years after the Chernobyl disaster. So um, is it a copy of Stalker? I don't know, but it it does look pretty cool. It looks kind of creepy. I was going to say one game that I was super interested in um, just because I like Sonic games is Sonic Colors Ultimate. It does look kind of fun. I did see the price point on it. It does seem pretty high. Especially for, for a Sonic game. Yeah, like I believe it's sitting at 59. I might be wrong now. Uh, let me just check ye old Amazon. 
because Amazon knows all the answers. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's a $59 game. Um, your favorite game's coming out in a remaster. Bruh, I am. If it doesn't launch on Game Pass, I will be picking it up that week. Yeah, that's Toy Soldiers H H H H D. Are you D, gonna get D, it? D, D, D. Yeah, oh hell yeah. That game was oh. so good. Um, I still have the 360 version on my console. So I'm I'm really excited for Toy Soldiers. For those who don't know, it is it's essentially an area control game, but also a um what the hell do you call like it's like a, the balloons games. Like it's a uh, like the balloons you, games. Yeah, balloons or um, South Park. What the fuck? I'm trying to think of the 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 type of game it is where it's like it's like a oh it's a, a tower defense game. Oh yeah yeah. But instead of you like you could either play against the computer or you can play against an appoint, opponent, and you can send your people against your opponent's people. Um, the only thing that really has me interested is if I can play cross-platform. Because it's dropping on Switch, PS4, and Xbox. Mm. But it doesn't say Windows. Oh, it does say Windows. Well, you look at that. It yeah. is a very good game. Take my word for it, please. It's good. Um. And then on the tenth, the Cindy Looper game, uh, Life is Strange: True Colors. <laughs> I can isn't see this the True Colors? Uh, all kidding aside, isn't this like they tried to name it the Pride Edition or something, and it something got like that. backfired? Yeah, this, this is the gay version of Life is Strange. Yeah, but. It was very well received at E3. I'm very interested to see how it goes. I know you some know, people are very interested in the title. You know what? They did a, a pretty good job at updating the visuals of the game. Like it looks, it looks more updated, like modern. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, Life is Strange kind of had that, like I don't know, cartoony look almost. I don't actually think the game is. Like, I know in the commercial or in the trailer, they show her with a girlfriend, but, like, I'm reading through the synopsis and the gameplay really quickly, and it doesn't, like, unless they've changed the wiki and it's been edited, there's no more, um, like, reference to Pride, which is interesting. Because I know this was a really um, forward-thinking trailer at E3. Remember the hype it got? Because... Of like it was like released in Pride and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, NBA 2K22 Chemist. Um, WarioWare get it together oh, for dude, the Nintendo you missed, Switch. You missed like one of the big ones that you were even excited for this one. Oh, Lost and Random. Lost and Random. That's that new one. It's What's like your- an action adventure game played from a third person perspective. Combat takes place on a game board, and you have this little like dice character that comes around you, and you can order him around and doing shit. Yeah, it, it looks actually good. looks really cool. It kind of looks like a uh, who Alice? No, who's something McGee? Alice is in Wonderland. Alice you know, is one, in Wonderland. No, no, like Alice in Wonderland. It's uh, something McGee. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, American American McGee's Alice. Did you ever play that? No. It was like uh, 
action platformer that came out on, I think, Windows, Mac, 360, PS3, Xbox One. Um, and it was like a dark kind of take on Alice in Wonderland. But this game reminds me a lot of that. But yeah, it looks cool. Like the combat looks kind of, it's like RPG with some like board game kind of aspects in it. Um, the artwork looks cool. I just can't wait to see how many microtransactions will somehow be buried into this game because it's one of the first EA originals to come out since they acquired all those micro studios. This one's done by Zoink Games. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you were very excited for WarioWare. Get it together. I probably won't be purchasing this title. Well, there's the uh, there's a uh, demo that you can download on the uh, eShop. Oh, really? You should check it out. It's actually kind of fun. Interesting. I'm also yeah. interested in Deathloop for uh, those PlayStation owners. You guys get it this year. We don't get it for months. Yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence about that one. I think like many of the games that Arcane Studios comes out with, it'll be very well received, but it will also probably get um, deep discounts fairly quickly. Now, for everybody's game, uh, for everybody's hope that this game somehow ends up on Game Pass because you wouldn't buy it another way, Skatebird is dropping I on the 16th. Cannot wait. I think be- we're having a hangout. We're, we're planning on hanging out that day, right? So maybe, are, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll do a little thing for our Instagram or. Could you imagine TikTok. paying for this though? Oh, man, I would pay for that game twice. <laughs> how much? How much do you think this game will be if you have to pay for it? You know, I, I'm I'm going to say it was probably like twenty bucks. I can't spend more than ten on a skateboarding bird. I know. I like. I just can't. But it's coming out for the Switch, which kind of makes me think it will be on Game Pass. Oh my god! But the cover is literally like uh, I don't even know what, bird. A, a bird with headphones on skateboarding. Um, I don't even care. I'm buying this game. All you MOBA players, Pokemon Unite drops on iOS and Droid on the 22nd. Rip your battery. I've played Pokemon the game's Unite not a few very times. Good. It's, it's not right. very good. It's um, stupid. Death Stranding's director's cut comes out on the 24th. As well as... Uh, Dude, you missed like one of the biggest ones on the 23rd. Uh, Sable? Diablo 2 resurrected but that's just a remake isn't it uh it's a like a full remaster uh, i played the beta the other the other week on playstation it actually looks phenomenal they did a really good job but there's also that drama with blizzard and so i'm not gonna buy the game oh right people are 100 boycotting this game yeah yeah sexual assault allegations we talked about this um we talked about this in our three men in a meeple episode, or at least uh, we we will be. Uh, that comes out on Tuesday for people who are interested. Um, but it's in that episode we discussed about how um, s- sexual misconduct allegations in businesses can really affect how people support that business, um, and Diablo is a prime example with some of the the stuff that has come out based off of uh from blizzard uh, a lot of people are boycotting this game um so we'll be really interested to see because diablo 2 was a massive massive long time played game 
um, I remember in elementary school or in high school, sorry, all my friends were playing Diablo 2. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it'll sell really well. I'm sure there's a lot of people that just don't really care about um, any issues, social issues like that, that are going on right now. But um, yeah, that one's, a, that one's a big one. Is there any other games on here that catch your eye? I think the end of the month is a little bit uh, slower. Uh, I know we, we Ghost Runner is coming of, out too, right? Yeah, Ghost Runner. That was like that one that was announced that... Uh, oh, this was the one that was made by that one guy, right? Uh, is that the one where it's like oh, all no. done by... Um, Ghost Runner is a cyberpunk action platformer developed by Polish developer One More Level and All In Games. Oh, it might be something slightly different. I don't are, remember. Are you talking about the game developed by the one person? Yeah, no. What the hell is yeah, that, that called? One. I don't remember. Um, the, so on the 24th, Death Stranding Director's Cut. That's really just uh, the PS5 version of that. So it's updated. Um, owners who, people who have the uh, original game can pay i believe it's ten dollars us or something like that to upgrade to the playstation 5 version i might do that i'm i bought the game at launch um and i played it for like three or four hours well i didn't really play it i watched the cutscene <laughs> for three or four hours um but i might i might pick up the playstation 5 update and play it that way uh lost judgment that's another big one that's coming out for um, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. That's the sequel to Judgment. Uh, come, That's out by the Ryuga Gotaku Studio. They make the Yakuza games. This will also be the last game in that series, in the Judgment series, because of uh, legal issues with the main actor's uh, talent agency. Of course. Um, what else on the 28th, uh, new world comes out. That's that Amazon MMO RPG. Oh, right. The one with yeah. the human centipede. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that one, uh, is re- releasing it. I'm interested in playing that game, but I might wait for it to go on sale because I don't have enough time in my life for two MMOs. I've been playing uh Final Fantasy 14 quite a bit. So, um, and, and I, I can't justify paying for a subscription for one game and playing another game. You know what I mean? If I'm going to put time into that, but if that game goes on sale or if someone wants to lend me their login info uh, to, to give it a try, I might try that. But Yeah, I think I'd want to try it extensively without buying it at all. I'm surprised that they don't have like a, like a free launch week. You know, like get people in to play the game, but there was a lot of hype behind the, the beta, so yeah. We'll um, see. What else? Darksiders 3 is coming out on the Nintendo Switch. Hot Wheels Unleashed. I, I thought you wanted me to be <laughs> excited. I was going to be like, yay. Uh, and then this game called Melty Blood. Type, Type Lumina. Lumina. <laughs> Actually, wow. It's a fighting game. So. For your monthly <laughs> rendition of your JRPG, here you go. That's not even it. It's a fighting game. Yeah, weird. So that's uh, that's games for September. And maybe by the time we record again, David will have Demio. Maybe, maybe one could one could hope. One could definitely hope. <laughs> 
So, David, I wish you a safe and happy trip. And uh, so does our listeners. I was going to go rogue and have Ty on for an episode, and then I was like, nah. <laughs> but it would have to be, he would have to go as David. <laughs> <laughs> like, just just as if you replace me. You know, it's like it's like a, a, an actor being free cast in the middle of a season. <laughs> they just keep it going <laughs> what recasting but That's yeah so en- enjoy your vacation we'll uh we'll do an episode when we when you come back and then i'll leave for a while so it'll be fun we're gonna we're gonna have some time off we want to get recharged for october because october is a huge month as you guys know so we're excited for you guys but for us thank you very much for listening follow us on your favorite podcatcher, and of course your favorite social media. You can find us wherever. Sometimes we're active, sometimes we're not. Maybe you'll get some pictures of Alberta. Who knows? For myself and David. Yo. Thanks for listening to the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.